So let me ask you this question. Okay. If you were to go into the witness protection program, where would you move to and what would you change your name to? <laughs> oh, I would definitely change my name to Anastasia Beaverhausen. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. And it's this is I am not original. I stole it from back in the 90s when <laughs> Will and Grace, Karen. Oh my gosh. That was <laughs> Whenever she would have to meet someone she didn't want really want to know her name, she would introduce herself <laughs> as Anastasia Beaverhausen. So that's my name. Where would I move? Well, I mean, I would definitely go to Italy. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that with WITSEC, don't they keep you in the United States so that they could keep an eye on you? I have no idea. I don't think that they, yeah, for witness protection and, you know, from all of my knowledge of watching... <laughs> crime and cop shows on tv i'm pretty sure you have to be in the in the u.s so i would i'd go to new york city i think hmm. yeah i mean it's populated it's crazy yeah you can blend in the yeah. people there are really awesome yeah um you know and if you if you stay out of the i mean well you know i mean probably end up getting mugged but it's better than getting murdered <laughs> i guess <laughs> what about you what would your name be and where would you go to um it would be katya babushka and <laughs> Where did you come up with that? I don't know. <laughs> and I would move to Rancho Cucamonga, California, because Cucamonga. Oh, my God. So you would be who and where again? Katya Bush. <laughs> Katya, Katya Babushka. Wait, Katya Babushka from, from Cucamonga. Yeah. <laughs> Katya That's pretty great. Babushka from Cucamonga. California. Are you gonna? Would you wear a babushka every day, like a little thing over your head, like yeah. a, like an old Russian woman? Yeah. Yeah. Would you also pretend to be an old Russian woman? Yeah. Like... I don't even have to pretend right now. <laughs> I'd snap, crackle, and pop all day, every day. <laughs> but would you be convinced that there was enough Target bathrooms for you to poop in? <laughs> In Racho Cucamonga. I would hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, so. I'd be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dawn. And I'm Tara. And this is the Crazy Lady Chronicles. And this is the one where I was a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I've been waiting to hear this story <laughs> for several days. Yeah. She made me wait until we were recording. So yeah. <laughs> here we go. Okay, so I was 12, living in Alabama. That's, like, really young to be locked up, man. I know. You must have had issues. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do know you, and that makes sense. So they, the psychiatrist I was seeing put me on Lexapro, which is an antidepressant. Yeah. And unfortunately, I had a bad chemical reaction to it. And when I say bad, I mean bad (laughs) explain that in full i gotta hear all about it so it put me into a manic bipolar chemical induced manic bipolar episode which man that is rough (laughs) it's so rough i it was to the point where i was literally pacing all night i would not sleep have you have you ever do you know anyone who's who's severely bipolar no i do oh yeah so you know my friend jenny who's going to record with us Mm -hmm. Her older sister oh. is severely bipolar, mm-hmm. and they have gotten in like, they've gotten into fights to the point where it's gotten physical. And oh, like yeah. one time, she threw a really heavy like um, 
it, it was a salad bowl, but it was like one of those earthenware, like really heavy oh, ones. Yeah. And she threw it at Jenny's head and barely missed her. Oh my. Oh yeah. Oh, she flips geez. out, like run down the street all crazy. Like mm. she's, it's bad. Like mm. severe, bi- like bipolar. Oh man. It is nothing to mess around with. It no. is really serious. It's horrible. So like I've seen and I've heard stories and I've seen stories too. I've seen things happen too. And it, yeah, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. I, I had superhuman strength. And what I mean is I was able to pick up my mom and throw her across the room. <laughs> like she that's was nothing. crazy. Yeah, and I don't remember it. That's the, that's the weird don't thing. Remember? I don't remember it. My mom's like, yeah, you threw me. I'm like, geez. What <laughs> size child were you at 12 years old? Well, at 12, that's when I started kickboxing. So I was oh. starting to get into that to get out my anger issues. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I got oh, Lexapro in my system and that amped the anger issues even yeah. more. And then <laughs> because of that, my mom's like, okay, well, I'm going to call like 5150 on you and yeah I danger to yourself and others yeah so how long did you go without sleeping when you were pacing all night pacing because that's a big thing like bipolar people that like when they're in a manic episode and they're not medicated they that they don't sleep they can't yeah I would say at least a week of not sleeping that okay so you had in addition to this chemical induced manic bipolar episode you were also in sleep deprivation psychosis Mm -hmm. that is actually a real thing Mm -hmm. so like i have insomnia i've suffered from insomnia for 25 years i have circadian rhythm disorder i've been working on it for a really long time and it's it is true that if a if a human does not sleep for a number of days i i think i think it's seven days if i'm I think, but I could be wrong. It could be five, but I know I probably should look this up before I put it on the internet, but I don't, I, I don't, I'm too lazy. So anyways, <laughs> but yeah, it's called sleep deprivation psychosis and people have flipped out and murdered people mm. and they've, I mean, they've butchered their families oh, because wow. of, it, it, it causes psychosis because yeah. I mean, how do you feel when you don't sleep for 24 hours? Miserable. Right? You start <laughs> yeah. to feel crazy. And yeah. then like after four, because I've gone 72 before mm-hmm. with no sleep at all. Like I've gone a week with like one hour a night, but, and that was really bad. But I've gone 72 with not a wink of sleep. And mm-hmm. you start to hear, you start to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. Like I was hallucinating. I was hearing things. I was seeing things that weren't there. It was really bad. Like wow. the few times that that's happened in my life. So thank God that doesn't happen anymore <laughs> since I've been doing light therapy and other things. But yeah. yeah, so you had a double whammy. Yeah, yeah. I remember to the point where I couldn't feel nothing. Like my body was numb to the point where I was using an upholstery needle to pierce my ears. Oh my, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one night I emerged, and this was before I threw my mom. Yeah. I emerged with four, no, like four piercings on my left ear and three on my right. So I... Were you bleeding? Was it like bleeding everywhere? Or I, were you, I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah. I really don't think so. But I don't think ears really bleed that much because no. it's through cartilage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was leading up to me snapping and throwing mom she gets under my skin even when I'm not mental. <laughs> she gets under everyone's skin. She does. What time are you going to be here? What time are you going to be here? What time are you going to be here? What time? Yeah. Are... Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So I snapped. She called the police. I was driven an hour away, I believe, to the psych ward. And Were you guys living out in the country? No. We, we lived in Leeds, Alabama, and I was submitted to Auburn hospital oh so in Birmingham leads 
Oh, you went to Birmingham. Okay, yeah. so the town you lived in didn't have a mental ward. I don't think so. I don't think so. It was so. a small town. Yeah, if it's yeah. Just, like, I mean, Sonora might have, a, I think Sonora might have one at the hospital, but like Groveland doesn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Mariposa doesn't have anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the smaller towns that you have to go to a bigger town. Yeah. So <laughs> I was there for a couple of weeks. They were trying to figure out what was going on. And then they're like, has she been on medication? Lexpro. They're like, she must have had a negative reaction. So when you checked into the hospital, were you still taking the Lexapro? I was on Lexapro, yeah. Okay. And so when you checked in, they didn't do an evaluation of your medications? I don't remember. Or maybe they did. They probably did and just didn't see the connection. I don't know. But mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Continue. So what they did was they're like, okay, let's wean her off Lexapro yeah. and see what happens. And I went from like crazy person <laughs> yeah to, to like I when I was still coming off of it I was like making friends with all the other crazy people in the sideboard <laughs> oh, those have to be some good stories <laughs> they're so good <laughs> so I remember like when I first got submitted, I made friends with a couple of the people on the psych ward. One thought he was the Antichrist. And I'm like, oh okay. What? Okay, so tell me about this conversation you had with the Antichrist. <laughs> Did he have 666 tattooed on his forehead? <laughs> he, was, he was bald. Mm-hmm. He was a little bit older than me. And I remember... Well, like... if he was bald, he's definitely not the Antichrist because you would have seen the 666 on his scalp. <laughs> like in that movie from the 80s that traumatized me. So... The way he was wearing his robe was, like, in the era of, like, like Caesar. Like, you know, how they had him So off. he was wearing it more like a toga? Yeah, he was wearing it like a toga. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, I'm the Antichrist. You want to be my follower? And I'll protect you from everyone in here. And what did you say? I'm like, okay. Oh and I'm my. like, yeah. <laughs> so what, tell me some of the conversations you had with this guy. He's like, I'm going to rule the world and you can, like, be on my side. I'm like... Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I'm like, you know, I'm 12. I'm an idiot, you know, and I'm medicate coming off of meds, you know. Well, you were still on the Lexapro because they yeah. didn't figure out it, that it was the Lexapro for at least a week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this must have been an eventful week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So what would you guys talk about? Would you talk? Would he talk about like what the world was going to be like when he took over the world? Yeah. Like he's, he's like, we, it's going to be great. We're you know we're going to have tons of wars. It's going to be great. It's going to be who who thinks having tons of wars is great? Who thinks that? I don't know. Well, Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Satan does. I'm like okay. All right. I guess it makes sense. I mean. Oh my like god. if you're gonna be the ruler i might as well piggyback off you oh my god yeah okay so <laughs> i can't even okay so tell me about the other people you made friends with when, so, you, when you were still out of your mind <laughs> there was another guy there bald and i remember we were sitting in the common room or whatever that's called mm-hmm. where we can all watch movies and stuff yeah and i remember they're sitting on both sides of me and I remember that I can't remember what the guy's name is, man. Like, so you have the me. Antichrist on one side <laughs> and this other guy on the other. Yeah. And what was this other guy's story? Like, what was his deal? Anger issues, like severe anger issues. Like, it was bad. Like, I remember when they submitted him because he came in after I did uh-huh. was submitted, and he came in bloodied. Like, it looked <gasps> like he. Yeah, I don't know what. I what wonder the story if was. he killed someone. I don't know. But I'm like, he totally could have. Okay, mm-hmm. so. 
when okay so the way that mental hospitals are set up were there several floors to the mental institution yeah just on one floor i know that they kept kids in one area and then the adults higher up yeah the way that a mental institution is designed and i know this because and after you tell your story i'll talk about mine when i used to go and visit my uncle in the mental and he was severely paranoid schizophrenic so he was actually on the fifth floor Mm -hmm. so the fifth floor the top floor is always the worst cases so it's like the bottom floor are like people who need their medications adjusted, they're depressed, you know, stuff like that. The next floor might be eating disorders. The next floor might be self-harm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it just like the higher you are in the building, the crazier you are. <laughs> so there was just one floor for kids. Yeah. So you were in there with everyone else. Yeah. So that, yeah, there's a possibility that he murdered somebody mm-hmm. and was institutionalized. Yeah. Cause I remember looking at his hands and his knuckles were just like, tore up oh he probably beat somebody Mm -hmm. it probably beat them within an inch of their lives or something Mm -hmm. wow how old was he i want to say 15 ish and how old was the antichrist a year younger than him so like 14 wow yeah (laughs) it's so frightening that children that age can be that violent i mean we watch the id channel we Mm -hmm. watched you know, all these true crime shows and we see it, but it's just like, I to feel like, experience it. <laughs> I feel, well, yeah, you actually talk to somebody. I yeah. just, I really, it's, I always feel like it's much more frightening when the murderer is a child. Like oh, it's yeah. just frightening because there's no motive there. Mm-hmm. And it's always more frightening when there's no motive. Yeah. You know? Sure. So it's like, that, oh man. Okay. So <laughs> what happened with this guy? That guy, I remember, okay, so they're sitting one next to me on both sides, they're on the side of me, mm-hmm. and remember we were watching something, I don't remember what it was, and it was snack time, you mm-hmm. know, with the graham crackers and the peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> so you got your peanut butter and your milk and your graham crackers. And I remember him, like, trying to put his hand under the blanket where I was, and I'm like, No! He tried to molest you? Yeah. And that's when I'm like... That happens a lot. Even when I'm like in that crazy state of mind, I'm like, okay, no. No, that's not okay. No. And so he like... Snapped. He snapped and they had to come and like put the... the... They had to give him a shot of Haldol? Yeah, they had to shoot him. Vitamin H. Yeah. So they're like, okay, you can't be around him. So anytime you're out here, we have to keep him in his So room. what happened when he flipped out? Was he screaming at you? Yeah. He's like, how could you deny me? And I'm like, That must have oh. been so frightening for you. Yeah. And then the what Antichrist you? guy got up to defend me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because, because you're following him. And he, so it's a good thing, I guess, you became, you started following the Antichrist because he yeah. saved you from being raped or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because, oh like, God. at the end of each week, you go in for an evaluation, like, in front of, like, doctors and nurses or whatever. Yeah. And so... That's to determine whether you can get out or not. <laughs> well, I was wearing my robe like a toga. Like, oh, yes. my God. <laughs> and Are I, you serious? So yeah. you go into your eval and you're dressed like a, in a toga. <laughs> yeah. And then what What kind of questions did they ask you? They're like, how you doing? Are you making friends? I'm like, yeah, I'm following the Antichrist. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god. They're like, yeah, you're not getting out today. Yeah. Why don't you, uh, here's some more graham crackers and milk with Haldol in it, and you go go on back to your room. Yeah. yeah. Play with your stuffed animals. Oh my god. And then you hang your stuffed animals from the ceiling fan. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Well, during, during that week of submission, I actually drew something graphic on the wall. They called my mom and told her what had happened, and so... Because you can get a visit or a phone call. And my mom came in. How often do you get visits or phone calls? I want to say a visit is like maybe once a week. 
phone okay. call is very rare because I didn't want to talk to nobody. Like yeah. I, I'm like I, I don't know what's going on in my life right now. Like mm-hmm. I was super confused coming off. Well, yeah, your yeah. your brain was scrambled from the wrong medication. That's yeah, that will mess you up. So she dropped off this Mr. Clean magic eraser to wash it off the wall. <laughs> they're like, you're gonna clean it. And I'm like, no, I like it. Stay on the wall. That's my art. I am an artiste. I am an artiste. I do this. I did this. You like my picture? They did not. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Don Kelly Photography. Because I own the business, so the ad is free. Was your wedding turned upside down by COVID? Are you scrambling because you just want to get married? Have you waited long enough? Well, Don Kelly Photography has your back with all-inclusive elopement and micro-wedding packages for Yosemite National Park and the Sierra Nevada Mountains in Northern California. Don Kelly Photography takes the stress out of wedding planning. Packages include planning, photography, flowers, an officiant, hair and makeup, and more. Go to donkellyphotography.com for detailed package information and a plethora of amazing photos. Don Kelly Photography can save your wedding day dreams. That's donkellyphotography.com. D-A-W-N-K-E-L-L-Y photography.com. <laughs> so, you know, I'm coming off and I feel like by the next week I'm starting to normalize. And when I see the picture, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you didn't clean it off. I didn't clean it off. Even though they told you to. Yeah. Okay. I was being defiant. So well, once yeah, I Yeah, you were a mental patient. What mental patient isn't defiant? <laughs> So, so, you know, I'm coming to my senses slightly, and I'm like, I need to clean that. And so, but who, did you make friends with anyone else? There was a girl there. Okay, tell me about that. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> I want to name, I feel like her name was Shannon. Call her that. It doesn't matter. I'm going to call She's her She's an Shannon. anonymous person anyway. Yeah, so we're like playing checkers or something, and she reaches out and grabs my arm and she's like, oh my god, I need to tell you something. Okay. And I'm like, okay. She's like, I really, I really love my pet goldfish. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but the moment she dra- she takes her hand, she literally drags it down my arm and literally digs her hand <gasps> in. And she scratched you? Yeah. So, and I used to have like a, and a it's scar? faded now. I used to have a, yeah, scar from it. And I'm like, huh. And you could see. What did you do? I freaked out. And I was bleeding, and they're like, you guys go out in a fight? And so we both got in trouble. I'm what? like, that's not what happened. You didn't do anything. No. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, you, they don't believe you. They no, because you're you. crazy. Yeah. Why should they? But, like, what was your punishment for that? To be locked in the room. For how long? Out. I want to say a couple days, <gasps> 72 hours at least. That's horrible. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't know Did that wrong. guy who tried to molest you, was he sequestered to his room for 72 hours? I think longer. Good. I don't remember seeing him. I was going to say, that's not fair if he didn't. Yeah. So you didn't see him for a while. Yeah. So he was locked up in his room for a while. The okay. one thing that I remember that sucked the most was once I'm finally off of it and I'm like, I'm good to go, was we were escorted down to the gymnasium for, you know, to play basketball or, you mm-hmm. know, just get out and be somewhere different. Have some exercise. Yeah. It's yeah. necessary. So we had to stay in our socks. We're not allowed to have shoes. Right. And... The flooring was extremely slippery, and I slipped and fell, and that's how I broke my right wrist. And they didn't believe that I broke it. They didn't believe me that I was in actual pain. And oh my god, it was bad. So I'm just like, 
mom it's broken i called my mom i'm like i hurt myself and they don't believe me yeah and by that time she's like i want my daughter out of there Good. like she's in pain you guys aren't paying attention to me yeah and that's when i went children's hospital and they looked like yeah you hurt yourself yeah it's we broken. need to put a cast on you and i'm like never again well a couple months later i go back in <laughs> what okay so you're like I broke my wrist. They didn't believe me. This guy tried to molest me, mm-hmm. and this girl scratched me, and I got in trouble. I'm never going back to the mental ward again. I'm yeah. never going back to the funny farm, the yeah. house again. Yeah. So, <laughs> what happened a month later? So, I was, I feel like trauma started coming up finally in my oh, brain. Okay. And I started getting obsessive about a classmate, like super obsessed. Like, I got super obsessed. I. And one day, I actually decided to walk to their work. <laughs> With a leather jacket and a top hat. I kid you not. <laughs> I'm walking across. And you were 12. <laughs> You're told that that's as good as me walking to the to the swimming pool in Moccasin with my mom's six inch heels on and a tiger swimsuit. <laughs> Except I wasn't crazy. I was like, "Who's oh, that?" So then, what happened? So I get to their job and they weren't there. So it seemed like someone tipped them off that I was coming to visit the store that they were working at. Um, so then, what happened? So word got around. And I went to school the next day, and, the prin- and I get called to the principal's office, and the ambulance is outside the door. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, we just need you to come to the hospital. I'm like, and I didn't realize that was going on. I was just, yeah. Were you medicated? When I, you got out of the hospital, were you taking it? Did they give you anything to? Serotonin. Like- and I think I'm allergic to serotonin. Or Seroquel. Seroquel. I I was put on Seroquel. It's another mood stabilizer. And that didn't work either. Because Mm -hmm. that one turned you into a stalker. Yeah. So the first meds turned you into the Hulk. Yeah. And then the second meds turned you into a a top hat wearing stalker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That stuff. That stuff. I knew something wasn't... I'm literally falling out of my chair. <laughs> I was about to get up and catch him. Like, are you okay? Oh my <laughs> god! So I, I was almost on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get in the ambulance. I get in the ambulance. So wait, did they called your mom before this, right? Yeah. Okay, and your mom said yes. Yeah, take Put her. Take her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm scared. <laughs> She's gonna pick me up on the Hulk I knew something wasn't right with this medication because I remember feeling itchy in my stomach and a weird, like, body jerk. Like, my arm would well, always jerk. Some mood stabilizers do cause twitching muscles and jerkiness. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Especially and... the heavier ones. Like, the antipsychotics as well do the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's I'm like, not right. This is weird. That's not right, man. <laughs> yeah, so, again, in the hospital... <laughs> Okay, so did you, did you go back to the same hospital? I went to a different one. Okay, different one this time. This one, this time they finally got me completely off all medication and they were able to find that I was fine on an anti-anxiety and antidepressant combination. Yeah. Which, once I hit 15, I got off completely and went crazy again. 
<laughs> okay, so wait. First, I have to hear about this second institutionalized situation. So did anything interest... How long were you there this time? A week? I want to say at least two weeks. Because last time, okay. it was like three or four. This time, it was a little bit shorter stay. So two or three. Yeah. Okay. It was okay. I didn't like it as the other one. Nobody because... likes the mental <laughs> hospital, Tara. Nobody. <laughs> it's not like, you know, I think I'm going to pack a bag and check into the mental ward today because I need a break from life. Like, nobody yeah. does that. Get an Airbnb. Like, nobody does that. <laughs> nobody. This one, it was like the lighting was darker and I didn't like Oh, that's that. depressing. Yeah, I didn't like it. So did you make friends with any characters there? This time I knew to say to myself... Otherwise, you I learned your lesson. Trouble. I learned my yeah, lesson. Good. I learned how to get out of there faster by, you know, thinking, Co- cooperating, <laughs> saying to yourself. Yeah. The one thing that I remember that was the most traumatizing was being woke up every morning around 3 a.m. to do blood work. Oh. I yeah. hated that. So I was much. in the hospital for a week with pneumonia in the nineties, and I that was definitely the worst part. Mm-hmm. It was like more than it was in the middle of the night. To yeah, check blood levels. Yeah, it was. It sucks. Traumatizing. Being in the hospital sucks. It does. Yeah. So you got out. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward to when you were fifteen. So at that point, I was becoming extremely rebellious. I'm like, I don't want to be on this medication no more. I'm fine. Not realizing it's the medication making me fine. Yeah. So I... (laughs) So did you literally just quit taking it? I quit taking it, So you didn't wean off. Mm. Okay, so that causes psychosis. Uh Whenever you, especially like... In fact, there's another psychosis. It's like benzo withdrawal, like benzo withdrawal psychosis. Mm -hmm. So that would be somebody who's on anti-anxiety meds for a long period, for actually even just a month or two. And if you cut it cold turkey a month or two might be okay but if you're on it for a certain length of time i'm no doctor so don't you know take my medical (laughs) advice but if you're on it for a length of time and then you just quit it cold turkey you'll go into a psychosis Mm -hmm. that because the benzo withdrawal is so strong and uh antidepressant when you quit that cold turkey it causes a lot of suicidal tendencies and Mm -hmm. stuff is that what happened to you yeah it was really weird. Like, I wanted to go and pierce my tongue with a guitar string. Yeah. Like, it was so bad. Oh, God. <laughs> so, how did this develop and come to a head? I remember it got so bad that I wanted to move out of my mom's and go move in with a friend. And at What that kid point, doesn't? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at that point, she's like, you need to go see a therapist. Like, you need to talk to someone. And I agreed. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll go talk to someone, but I'm not getting on medication. I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> Talking to the therapist, and I started realizing, okay, I do need to be on medication. Oh, good. Yeah. So they're like, you know, how you're feeling right now is because you're not on medication. Yeah. And and she was really nice. That's the one thing. Like, she wasn't forceful, like yeah. the doctors in the hospital. Yeah. So, Getting it from someone that's really nice, I'm like, yeah. that turned my view on everything. So, did she specialize in working with young people? Yeah. That's why she was able to reach you, because she mm-hmm. knew how. Mm-hmm. So, you've, you thank God you found the right therapist who helped you. Yeah, because the very first therapist was a guy. He's like, oh, just here, and then go out the door. Like, she, she's yeah. like, well, they misdiagnosed me with bipolar, put me on yeah, medication. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, was all bad. kinds of messed up. Yeah. So... So when you were 15, you didn't go back to the mental ward. You just, no. you saw a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and they put you on meds or whatever. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Oh my God. But that was a trip. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a poor mother. Yeah. No wonder she's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It was you. You drove her crazy. No. <laughs> no, it 
<laughs> Don't blame Amanda. She's got her own issues. Yeah. Leave her alone. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So the reason I know so much about mental institutions is because it mental illness runs in my family. So my great uncle was catatonic schizophrenic. My uncle it was, he passed away like last year, just of old age. And he was paranoid schizophrenic. And my mother is paranoid schizophrenic. But my mom is actually like, she's never been medicated. And she's still living on her own, paying her bills, feeding herself. Like, even though she sees she's constantly seeing things that aren't there she's constantly thinking people are trying to kill her she's constantly like living in a horror film <laughs> yeah and but you can't convince her otherwise i mean mm-hmm. if you have you seen the movie a beautiful mind yeah that's real to them it's mm-hmm. real to them and i can't you can't convince them otherwise so per the state of california we have to wait until she harms herself or someone else before we can step in and do anything mm-hmm. well my uncle he grabbed a little boy and held a knife to his throat oh my god and he, it was a hostage situation. Oh. The police had to come. Yeah. Wow. The police had to come and rescue the little boy. And it was because the voices in his head were telling him to kill him. Mm-hmm. Voices in his head told him to burn his parents' house down. So mm-hmm. he lit the house on fire when my mom and their parents were sleeping. And thank mm-hmm. God, that, you know, they stopped it. And he, like, lit it in the garage. And I don't think that they were quite asleep yet. I think it was, like, in the evening. But they caught it in time. So anyway, he ended up being... There's a hospital in Redwood City in the Bay Area called uh, Cordilleras. I don't actually know if it's open anymore. It was a private institution, and he was their longest-running patient ever. He was there for he was locked up for eighteen years. Whoa! Yeah, and and the the reason that he ha- his mental break came when he was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So he went to Vietnam, and my uncle was a very very peaceful person. So the only reason he enlisted is because my grandpa was in World War II, and mm-hmm. he had joined the army. And he told John, he said, "You have two choices." You can get drafted and go into the army and die, or you can join the Navy and live. Mm -hmm. So I forget, I I, I don't remember, I actually don't know if my grandfather was drafted or not, but that's what he told John. He's like, those are your two choices, Mm -hmm. because if you get drafted, you're going to die. John joined the Navy, and he's on the Navy ship, and they're doing drills with their guns, and he put the gun down on the ground, and he's like, I can't do this. Like, I, he didn't believe in war. He didn't believe in guns. Mm-hmm. So he put the gun down on the ground, and his commanding officer told him to pick it up, and he refused. Mm-hmm. So they locked him in solitary in a dark, pitch-dark room in solitary, and while he was down there, he had his first psychotic break. Wow. And then they threw him in prison. So my mom and my grandparents wrote letters to the president of the United States, Mm -hmm. and the president let him out. Wow. Yeah. They were like, he's mentally ill, and he broke while at war, and Mm -hmm. you guys, you have him in the brig, and you won't let him out. Mm -hmm. And it was like, can you imagine, like what that would be like, like a schizophrenic person with all of these like delusions being locked in a cell and like not even knowing what's happening. Mm-hmm. So they got him out and they brought him home and they they stabilized him. But then later on between the fire in the house and the taking the little boy hostage, he was locked up for 18 years. And then after those 18 years when Cordilleras was like, was very, very expensive, but the government paid the entire bill. Not only did they do that, but they gave him a stipend every month. They gave Mm -hmm. him like X amount of dollars every month. And he had a a handler, like a counselor Mm -hmm. that would handle the money. And then because it would go in bank account, like they didn't just give that to him. They'd give him like an allowance. Mm -hmm. But my grandpa used to take me with him to pick him up and go and take him places. And I just, it was always such an uncomfortable thing. But from the time I was really little, like I want to say around eight years old, my mom 
would take me with her to visit him in the mental institution. And it is, uh-huh. my God, it was so traumatic. Like, I still have trauma from that. I just, like, I don't really remember a whole lot from the time I was really little. I remember things like seeing, uh, seeing like, cause we were on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing people with their mouths open, drooling, walking around in circles, or lots of people talking to themselves. When I got a little bit older, might have been junior high age, like 12 or 13, I remember this catatonic girl. She must have been in her 20s. And she was just laying on the ground with her head up against the wall, just catatonic. And Mm. this this guy around her age, it might have been her brother. I'm guessing it was probably her brother, Mm -hmm. was putting lipstick on her, on her mouth for her. And it was just, it broke me. And I don't know if that was the instance or there was, oh, there was another instance. So we bought a bag of... You know, it was like hard chocolate, small, hard chocolate chip cookies Mm -hmm. in a bag. Yeah. So we bought one of those for the patients and we brought it with us. And my mom told me, she's like, don't eat out of this bag because they're going to be sticking their hands in this bag. They don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom. Like they're not sanitary because Mm -hmm. they're mentally ill. Yeah. So don't eat out of this bag after they did. And so I'm sitting, I have this bag in the common room and like, all these mental patients just come at me and they're Mm -hmm. standing around me and they're trying to touch me. And they're like this one lady, she's like, you have such pretty hair. And so she was like trying to touch my hair and they were like grabbing stuff out of the bag. And I was so disturbed and so nervous. I was just shoving these cookies in my mouth. I know (laughs) I I couldn't, I didn't know what else to do. It was the weirdest thing in my, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Like ever. And this, like, I'm surrounded by, like, 20 mental patients, and I'm, like, 14 years old. Yeah. And I was a cute little girl. You know, I had a perm, and this was the <laughs> 80s. So they were, like, trying to touch my hair and trying to get closer to me and talking to me and, like, what's your name? And, oh, and just getting really close to me, and I'm just shoving these cookies in my mouth. And so we get down to, we get in the car, and I look at my mom, and I said, I'm never coming back here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you have to, you, you need to visit your, your uncle. He loves you. And I'm like, he thinks I'm five. Mm-hmm. He still calls me Donnie. He doesn't <laughs> know who I am. Yeah. He doesn't. He carries around a picture of me from the t- from when I was a little girl mm-hmm. because that's how he remembers me because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, you are. You are coming back here. And I just looked at her and I said, I am not. And if you try and force me, I'll tell Papa. That was my dad. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Okay. Because she knew my dad would take my side. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, my mom is so crazy. Like, who puts their child in that situation? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, I, I, those instances of going to that mental ward contributed to my complex PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so crazy. And so that's my, that's like how I know so much about mental illness mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and all of that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was really bad. And was he released? After about, after 18 years of being in Cordilleras, I don't know if the government said, okay, we're not paying for this hospital anymore because it was so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know how much it was, but it was, if I had to guess a hundred grand a year and or more. <sighs> Or more because it was wow. a private hospital. I'm I'm guessing yeah. probably more like two hundred thousand, like it, a year. Like it was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they put him in a halfway house, and he would violate something and go back into Cordilleras and come back out and be in the halfway house and violate mm-hmm. and go back in. But eventually, they he never went back in. It was just he was just at the halfway house, and, and basically they just drugged him up. They just he was so drugged up that he would just shuffle around. It was really sad. And it was it was just really sad when my mom called me last year to tell me he had died. And I'm like, and she's crying. And, it, you know, anytime you hear your mother cry, it just breaks your heart, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm so sorry, mom. You know, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I don't have a brother anymore.
anymore. And like her mom, you know, my grandmother died in 2003, mm. like a month before my wedding or two months before my wedding. Yeah. My grandfather died when I was 14. So that was my mom's last like family member. You know, mm. she doesn't, she's not in touch with any of her cousins. Like, and so I was like, but you have to think about it this way. He's at peace now. You haven't had a brother since you were since he was 19 like you Mm -hmm. haven't had a brother and I'm like this is a blessing because he was suffering you know it was a very hard life Mm -hmm. to live like that so yeah it's just like mental illness is so it's so sad but on the other hand it can be really comical Mm -hmm. like in the stories I told about my mom or the story about you know the the shirt when she mailed it to that holly girl (laughs) in our first episode (laughs) when I was talking about that and it's just like She'll call us and be like, and she does this thing. Like, I, I don't answer the phone when she calls. I basically, I wait until she leaves me like several messages and then I'll listen to them and be like, and, and most of the time it's her like reporting the news. She's like calling and leaving a voicemail and be like, President Trump said blah, blah, blah about coronavirus. <laughs> and like, I answer eventually. And I'm like, stop reporting the news. I have a TV. I have a phone and an internet. Like, I don't need you to tell me what the news says. But yeah, so she'll just like, but it used to be where she would call and leave messages on our answer machine and like fill up our answer machine tape talking about these multicolored rainbow helicopters <laughs> above her house and how she just knows Bob involved. She just knows he's <laughs> flying over her house. And it's like, yeah, okay, mom. And then she has this thing. Oh, this part's, re- this is really funny. Okay, so, you know, she hears voices mm-hmm. because she's schizophrenic. So she hears these voices shouting and she insists that all of her neighbors have karaoke machines and they're yelling at her from their yards. Yeah. They're yelling at me through the karaoke machines, Dawn. They're yelling at me through the karaoke machines. And it's like, and what are they yelling? Well, they're yelling they want to have sex with me. They're yelling. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's been a thing. Like, that's been, in fact, one time she stayed the night here at my house. And she insisted that this neighbor catty corner from us was yelling at her through her the karaoke machine. And we're like, no, he wasn't because we heard nothing. Like, mm-hmm. no. And she's like, yes, he was. Like, you can't convince them otherwise. It's like trying to convince you mm-hmm. that, th- that I'm not real. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here in front of you. You yeah. know what I mean? Now you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Are, is she real? I mean, you have been locked up in the mental ward twice. That's true. <laughs> I could have been lobotomized and I'm just living my best life right now. <laughs> that would make the most sense, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So she's actually, right now, she, she's been living in San Bruno. Like, mm-hmm. my, my grandparents bought this house. They're the first, the, we're, our family's the only family that's ever owned this house in San Bruno, mm-hmm. which is, you know, by Burlingame and San Mateo, like it's right, it's outside of the city mm-hmm. and it's really expensive. And so my grandparents paid $16,000 for this house. Mm-hmm. My mom is going to be selling for like 1.2 million. Oh, jeez. I know. So she's <laughs> going to buy a house here in Modesto. Uh-huh. It's fine. You guys can stalk me and kill me. I don't even care. Um, and I'll just tell you where I live. And she's just going to pay cash and then have the rest in the bank, which is great. So I told Mark, I'm like, we're going to have to wire that house with with cameras and mics. Mm-hmm. Because when she tells us that this stuff is happening, we'll have proof that it's not. And so if she does get all crazy, then we might be able to actually get her help if we have proof. But in all honesty, like, 
it, we spent five years trying to get her help and mm-hmm. we, the law is on her side. So there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're just like, all right, so what's going to happen? Is she going to run off the road because she thinks someone's chasing her? Is she going to hit somebody with her car because she thinks they're following her? Is she, you know, we just don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. And it's kind of like this constant holding pattern and it's really hard, but I mean, I've come to the point, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I've come to the point where I'm like, you know what? What's going to happen is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. So we just keep an eye on her. There's nothing we can do. But yeah, so she's just like insisting that they're yelling, that they want to have sex with her, with their karaoke machine, or flying helicopters. And it's just, it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> and it's just like Mark and I, when we finish talking to her, we just laugh forever because we're like, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, and it it used to be harder because I didn't know how to deal with it. I had to do many years of therapy to learn how to manage her. <laughs> well, because of her, I have complex PTSD. I mean, because of all the stuff when I was a kid, how she would just like flip out because, well, because she would hear voices or see yeah. people or whatever. And, yeah. and mail shirts to innocent women <laughs> because she thinks they're stealing her husband. <laughs> you know, just like stupid crap. Yeah. Just stupid. So when she's like... People are listening to me or watching me. Yes, because you're going to have it wired. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We're listening. Yeah, because it's like if we have like cameras in the house, then we'll be able to actually see her talking to herself. Mm -hmm. See her. And then she also insists that she sees everything that's happening with everybody. Okay, Mm -hmm. so for years she had this thing where she insisted that people were coming to her house and breaking the bricks in the front of her house. Oh my gosh. It makes no sense. Yeah. This is, this is, it's idiotic. It makes no... And then there was like this other person that she insisted was still alive and breaking her bricks. And I'm like, mom, I was at his funeral. He is dead. Like, and it's... Oh. It's horrible. And then she would say that she would see, like before my dad died, she would insist that it was him, that she mm-hmm. would see him standing outside her house. Because they they divorced because she's fr- flipping crazy. Mm-hmm. They divorced. I was like 25. So this was around 2000, around the year 2000. It might have been a little bit earlier. I think it might have been 99. Mm-hmm. Where was I working? I think I was working at Davis Lay. So yeah, it would have been like 98 or 99. So she divorced him because she insisted that he had all these affairs with all these women and that she actually saw him doing things and it was all fabricated in her mind, Mm -hmm. like all of it. And so she left him and my poor dad, man, finally some relief, right? Gets rid of this crazy (laughs) woman. Did he ever remarry? Mm Mm-hmm. He, that's, that's the, well, he remarried like years later. He remarried in 2005. Um, But anyways, so she would see my dad like standing outside her house and she's like, I know he's coming here and he's stalking me and he's breaking my bricks. And I'm like, I really don't think he has time for this. Why would he do this? (laughs) Like, it's just like, no. So yeah, she like, she sees stuff and she insists it's, she, she insists because she physically sees it. So Mm -hmm. it's like. If we can see, I really definitely want a camera pointed to where like her TV and couch is because she insists that she sees everything that's going on, including with these dead people, um, <laughs> through quote, making finger quotes, the satellite. Uh-huh. Yeah, she doesn't have a satellite dish. <laughs> she doesn't have a satellite dish. Mm-hmm. She like when she looks at her TV, she sees like sh- one of her delusions. Okay, so you know how in A Beautiful Mind, one of his delusions is he would hear, remember when when they found that shed and it had all those newspaper clippings up in it? Mm-hmm. And this was after he'd been treated once, remember? And he would see, and he would hear the radio. Yeah. And like them giving him directions and orders over this radio. Mm-hmm. Well, for her, and it's very, very, very common. Almost every schizophrenic person 
hears voices coming out of electronics. Like one time we were at a convention and my mom picks up her phone. It was a flip phone. So she picks up her phone. She doesn't open it. She literally just picks up her phone and goes, I can hear you and I don't appreciate it. And puts the (laughs) phone back down. And there was like somebody sitting with us, like a sane person sitting. It was during lunch. And I was like, oh, I just want to die right now. Like it was awful. <laughs> it's really common. They hear God talking to them through the radio or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, it's, it, that's like one of the big symptoms is that they hear voices through electronics. So she literally sits there and says that she watches her TV and she sees through, quote unquote, the satellite, mm-hmm. what everybody's doing. <laughs> so I want to like put a camera on so that you could see the TV and wherever she would be sitting. And I want to find that footage where she's like talking to the TV, but there's nothing on the screen. You know what I mean? And show it to her and be like, this is real. This is not real. Like you are ill, but we won't do that until it gets to the point where we feel like she's getting out of control Mm -hmm. because that alone would break her. Yeah. Like knowing we had cameras in her house Mm -hmm. because she, she got like the security system and she's like, they're watching me. They're watching me and listening to everything I say through the security system. And I'm like, oh, good Lord in heaven. <laughs> oh, just put me out of my misery right now. Yeah. So, oh, so it, can, it can actually be really comical. And you have to kind of look at it that way. If you take it too seriously, it'll ruin your life. Yeah. You know, I just, we just can't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be like, all right, it's crazy mother again, you know? (laughs) I mean, and I have a million, I'm sure I have a million stories. Let me see if I can think of of any more. I don't know. Let's talk about, let's talk about some things your mom does. Your mom's (laughs) kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so this would be good because she stalks people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's never going to listen to this, is she? Probably not. No. Okay. If so, uh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> if so, Don, will you be my mom? Because I was just disowned. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so tell me some stories about your mom so I feel more normal. <laughs> <laughs> so mom is, she's crazy. Like oh when it comes God. to guys and the things she's done and the things I've caught her, I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong okay. with you? So my mom is like... She's crazy and when it comes to men and the men she gets with or have gotten with. Like, okay, mind you, the guys that she's been married to, good looking. Mm-hmm. And they, besides my dad, they were all younger than her. So she looks her younger. And she's like, you know, in her mid-50s now. And she still wants guys that are younger than her. <laughs> so one time she saw that this guy lost his wife in the Vegas shooting that happened a couple years ago. So how did um, she find out that he'd lost his wife? Found out through, like, friends and stuff. So she... So because they're, she... In the, because they're in the... This guy was in the same faith. As her. So she heard, yeah, yeah, through, yeah. she heard through the grapevine, basically. Yeah. Okay. So she heard through the grapevine that, is that he tragic. lost his wife. It is so that tragic is so because sad. to lose your wife while you're on vacation like that is crazy. Yeah. And it, it, like, it, I don't even know how long they were married, but, like, they didn't seem to have been married that long. So I can't imagine the heartbreak that he is going through. And I think he had kids, too. Oh, and so it's awful. What? What happened is my mom found out, and I don't know how she did it, but she got his address and sent him letters. And so in her mind, she's like, oh, I'm just going to console. What did the letters say? Just consoling things, you know, scripture here and, you know, just, you know. So it was under the guise of being comforting. 
Yeah, under the, you know, it comes from a good place, but in the back of her mind, she's like, maybe, maybe love will blossom out of this. Oh, you know that that was her main goal. Oh, yeah, it, for she's, sure. She was, she was never thinking, I'm just going to console this person. Like, she always no. had the goal of dating him. No, yeah, when because it comes to Because that's her men, pattern. She does that all the yeah. time. That's yeah. her pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she always looks for these kind of situations where the man just lost his wife. Oh, my um, God. Because they're vulnerable. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. It's like so, preying on the vulnerable. It's like when the real. lion goes after the Giselle that has a limp. Yeah. So, yeah. So she was sending him letters. And then what happened? From my gathering, I think she also found him on Facebook. And mm-hmm. started messaging him there as well. Oh, okay. And he's, I don't know how I was able to, but I started reading the, the messages. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I could tell he was trying to be polite and, you know, just rejecting the advances from her. What just, were like, her advances? Like, what did would she say to Well, him? if you need me to do anything for you, just let me know. And just doing that. So I'm here for thing. you. I'm here for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so he 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 was being polite, and I feel so bad for him because I could tell he just wanted to be like, "Leave me alone, you psycho person." But um, <laughs> but he didn't. He was really nice. I I love how they keep their cool. Well, he's a Christian, guys, some guys. So yeah. So I liked how, and and that's so endearing when they're like that. When they're like, you know, no, no. But she just wasn't getting it, and I got to that point where I'm like, "Mom, you're gonna be mad at me, but I read your messages to this guy, and he wants you to leave him alone. How could you? How dare you read my messages and blah blah? (laughs) Why do you not want to see me happy? This guy, he just doesn't want you. He doesn't He's like want in his thirties. You. You're He's in your fifties. Not... Oh no my god! Man in the was right like... mind. He was like twenty years younger than her. Yeah. And she thought <laughs> that he she was wants gonna to be a cougar. Yeah. I'm wow. like, mom, dude, you're sickly and you're old and deluded. And, clearly, and you're crazy. <laughs> no one wants to like. If you're gonna go after a guy, at least go after someone that's your age plus. Because yeah. then, you know, they're at the end of their days and maybe they'll have life insurance. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I knew mom was, like, talking to someone because she was always in a good mood, which she rarely is. And then I found <laughs> out that this guy was actually married and promising mom that he was going to get divorced, which I, I'm like, what? I call bullcrap. I'm like, you don't get involved with a man who's still married saying, no. oh, yeah, I'm going to get a divorce. Yeah, mom, you're an idiot. So That's I with started... every mistress. Every mistress of 10 years is like, he's going to leave his wife, you know. Yeah, no, he's yeah. not. He I'm like, never Mom, will. I told her, don't do that to yourself because this is going to end bad and you're going to be in so much heartbreak. That yeah. I don't want to deal with that. You've already been through a lot. Yeah. And no, no, you need to stay single. Like, be happy, be single. Be. <laughs> it's just, it was bad. And I had to reach out to my sister. I'm like, dude, she's talking to a married guy. He's lying to her, saying that they're going to get divorced. But yet he's unhappy. And now he's like talking to mom. This is weird. How old was and, this guy? Was he her age or younger? I want to say her age. Okay. And, what a know, jerk. Right? Talking so I'm to like another woman when he's married. Yeah, so I instantly get extremely protective of her because I know what she's been through and she doesn't have that common sense to read the situation as it is. <laughs> Clearly. And so I'm like I message my sister and I'm like, listen, this is going on. I need you to talk to her. And maybe she doesn't listen to me, she'll listen to you. And then at least we've done everything we could to protect her. And yeah. she messaged her she gets pissed that I talked to him, my sister, and she's like, you guys just don't want me to be happy. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. No, it's, we don't want no... you to be a homewrecker. 
yeah, like, no, don't do that. And so I'm like, listen, listen, look, mom, this guy, he's talking to you while married. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you see how this is going, how this is playing out. What if, you know, he does get divorced, he gets with you, he could easily start talking to another woman and then divorce you. So I know, I know a couple who cheated on their spouses with each other. And now they're married and they do not trust each other at all. They never uh, have. There's just zero, zero, for... there is zero trust in their relationship because they yeah. both know that they're both cheaters. And that once you, once you show yourself as a cheater, it can happen again. Yeah. Yeah. So with her, you have to like explain it in different angles until it makes sense. And then once because I explain to her. <laughs> yeah. So once I explain to her, I'm like, okay, see how he's doing. He could easily do this with someone else. And you've already been through that heartbreak. Do you really want to go through it again? Right. She's like, no. Right. So thankfully, thankfully she came to her senses. But this is the type of stuff that happens so much to the point where she instantly is like, why do you guys have to be in my business? It's because we don't want to see you hurt. You've already been through so much crap that yeah. we, I can't. I can't go. I'm like, <laughs> plus it's just not okay like no what what like you don't want like if you were married you wouldn't want your husband talking to some other woman so you don't want her talking to some other woman's husband you know yeah so i'm like your reputation is the one that's getting ruined mother in this situation (laughs) like you already have it bad like it's gonna get worse because she lives in a small town and yeah it's just the gossip is outrageous i know that's bad like they they got nothing better to do their lives are miserable so they need to like put all their misery and focus on someone else and self-project onto one sacrifice. No. And that's why um, I moved out of that area, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a horrible area. It's tough. It's very disappointing. It's a discouraging place to live. It can be. Yeah. I had to flee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fled. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today and you want to hear more, you can follow us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you are listening today. You can also follow us on social media. At Instagram, we are Crazy Lady Chronicles, Facebook, Crazy Lady Chronicles Podcast, and Twitter, Crazy Lady Cron. If you have a crazy lady story you'd like us to share, please write to us at hello at crazyladychronicles.com. Serious? So you yeah. go into your eval and you're dressed like a in a toga. Yeah. And then what what kind of questions did they ask you? They're like, how you doing? Are you making friends? I'm like, yeah, I'm following the Antichrist. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. They're like, yeah, you're not getting out today. Yeah. Why don't you? I uh, hear some more graham crackers and milk with Haldol in it, and you go go on back to your room. Yeah. yeah. Play with your stuffed animals. Oh my god. And then you hang your stuffed animals from the ceiling fan. <laughs> that would be hilarious.